Welcome to the Options Save Lives weekly live stream, where we spend an hour each week exploring life-improving topics through a lens of alcohol recovery and the Sinclair Method. Every week, we take on a new question, topic, or common challenge to empower people to either build a better relationship with alcohol or to eliminate it completely. Episodes are filmed live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash c3foundation, and the audience is encouraged to ask questions and engage with the hosts and guests. The Option Save Lives weekly stream is hosted by Executive Director Jenny Williamson and is produced by the C3 Foundation with the support of R Street Institute and other generous sponsors. For more information about the C3 Foundation or the Sinclair Method, visit our website at c3foundation.org. Hello, everyone. Let me make sure all of my sound pieces are on. It looks like everything should be fine now. So hopefully you can hear me. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Option Save Lives weekly live stream. As always, I am Jenny Williamson, Executive Director at the C3 Foundation and your host for the next hour. How is everybody out there in the audience today? We're broadcasting live from the C3 Foundation office here in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, go ahead and let us know where everybody in the chat is watching from. And if you're a first timer to the stream, welcome. We're glad to have you. So this week, we're going to talk about non-alcoholic beverages with Brian Anderson, also known as the Sober Barkeep. So what drinks do you guys in the audience think about when you hear someone say non-alcoholic beer? We know there can be some division over the place of non-alcoholic drinks for people in recovery. Ultimately, it's a personal decision that each individual has to make for him or herself. But if you're on the Sinclair Method or you're moderating or sober curious, or if you simply want the experience of drinking without the hangover or intoxication, we hope you'll find this episode a great resource. So how many of you out there in the audience have favorite NA beers, wines, or spirits? Go ahead and put those in the chat area. We're going to run the Q&A as you have questions today. And as always, the more interactive we can be with our live audience, the more fun it is for all of us. So if you have questions, if you want to know if Brian has reviewed something specific or anything else, put it in the chat area and let us know. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest. Brian Anderson is an engineer by trade working in the space industry since 1986. He began the Sober Barkeep YouTube channel in August of 2020. He stopped drinking alcohol in 2015 and began to be curious about non-alcoholic beer sometime around 2018. While searching for non-alcoholic beer reviews on YouTube, the only ones he could find were made by the manufacturers themselves. So he decided to fill the niche himself. When he started, his plan was to simply document his thoughts on the products and thought he'd max out at about 30 episodes. But during the late 2020 era, uh, time period, and especially into 2021, the non-alcoholic beer and spirits market exploded. Now he has more than 200 review episodes on his channel with plans to continue adding reviews with no end in sight. So welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. 
So it looks looks like um, looks like our internationals and our our normal um, audiences out there today. So we've got some people for your information that are out there in um, in the UK. Um, okay. You know, so we we've got. I've some... got folks that follow the channel from UK, uh, Australia, um, a lot of the Middle East. Uh, so yeah, I've got uh, I've got people all over the globe that uh, they kind of watch. Awesome. So we've already got a Thatcher Zero. Uh, N.A. Cider mention here, so. Man, I would love to get a hold of that. That's out of the U.K., and it's one that, that I have not been able to get a hold of yet. Uh, I would absolutely love to try some of that. Yeah, I hear, I keep hearing good things. Yeah, I do, too. I, I've seen, um, there, there's a Facebook group that I post to that is primarily out of the U.K., and they uh, they speak very highly of it. Uh, if I can ever get a hold of it, it'll be on the channel very quickly. So before we dive right in, Let's start with an easy icebreaker. Okay, so, cool. having watched your channel, I know that you are uh, you you film most of your episodes at a guitar bar. Yeah, and was, uh... so what is that one song that every single time you hear it, you either have to turn up the volume or sing along? Um, it's probably, um, gosh, uh, Hotel California every time. Uh, but any ACDC hit, I. You know, I'm cranking it. It's, it's loud enough to, to bust the windows in the car. That's pretty much. I'm an old, I'm old school rocker. I mean, I'm I'm in my 50s. I, I, I'm an old school rocker. Uh, the guitar bar is actually my home bar. Um, and there's my guitar room. I used to have it when I had it downstairs uh, before I moved it up and upstairs where I'm at now. Um, the, the, the bar was in the same room with all my guitars. I've got seven guitars. I'm a guitar player. And, uh, and so that's how it got its name. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been, I've had it around since when I was drinking and, uh, and resurrected it once I started uh, the Silver Barking. Well, that's fun. Yeah, for me, it'd be um, Bohemian Rhapsody every single time. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that one. That one's, uh, yeah. That one just screams, that. turn it up. there's people with you to scream it, you know. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and dive into our chat about non-alcoholic beers and there are a lot of different reasons why people drink non-alcoholic beers and spirits so what sure. led you down the path into the na drink world well i quit drinking in 2015 um and uh and i didn't drink anything for for about three years uh, three and a half uh or so years and uh i travel a lot for work i was in i was in burbank california uh, at the marriott across the street from burbank airport and they had an ice bar. It was nice outside. And I was sitting there. And normally I drink Cokes. Um, you know, actually what I found in, in my business, being sober at the bar, running into people in the industry, you find out a lot of really interesting information when people start drinking and you don't. Uh, but that night I was just sitting there by myself. And I thought, man, you know, an ice cold beer would be great right now. And they had a non-alcoholic beer called Bucklers on there. I'd never heard of it. Uh, you know, I'd heard of the O'Doul's and I'd heard of the St. Molly Girls and and never had, had any desire really to try it. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to try one of these and just see. I was by myself, felt safe. I hadn't drank in a long time. I had no desire to drink alcohol. Uh, but it, it just the taste of a cold beer sounded good. So I tried the Bucklers. And I thought, you know, this is this is actually pretty decent. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good replica. kind of hit that, scratched that itch that I had for a cold beer. No alcohol. Didn't get drunk. Didn't wake up the next morning with a hangover. And I thought, that's pretty cool. So I started doing some research on it. Uh, and that's really what started the whole sober barking thing. As you mentioned, I, I, I'm, I'm an engineer and, 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 and recovered alcoholic. 
I'm a little OCD. I kind of, you know, the addictive personality is there. Uh, so I started doing research and digging in going, what's out there? Um, and I started finding that there were some, some things that you could, especially athletic, athletic brewing company was just starting, uh, had started becoming, you know, releasing more flavors. Uh, I found that you could order stuff online from them and a couple of other companies. Uh, there's a total wine uh, just near me here. I live right outside of Houston in League City, Texas. Um, and so they were carrying a decent amount of non-alcoholics. And I was surprised because I really didn't realize that there was that much out there. Um, and since I couldn't find reviews from anything other than the manufacturer, I thought, you know, the manufacturer is always going to tell you how fantastic it is. Um, I'm just, I'm going to start drinking this stuff and figuring out what I do and don't like. I'll just document it. You know, if nobody watches it, at least I'll have, I'll know what I thought. And I can always go back and look and think and see what I thought when I was traced, tasting it for the first time. And that's, that was the whole genesis of the sober barking. And so let's talk about the explosion in the NA beverage market, the craft brewers, the shift from big market alcohol companies into the sector. A lot of that's just happened in the last couple of years. So let's talk about that a little bit. It's, it's been insane. Um, the, the non-alcoholic beer market has exploded. Um, there's so much out there. Uh, new vendors coming out. Uh, uh, there's new producers, especially in Canada. It seems like Canada is really kicking up uh, a lot of new producers. Um, and I had a deal with uh, afbev.ca where he would ship me stuff. Um, and, and basically he sponsored because I couldn't get the Canadian stuff. And he was sending me the Canadian stuff, uh, basically sponsoring an episode every Friday. Um, and we were going through some just amazing stuff. And they can, there continues to be more Canadian beer. Uh, in the United States, you got Athletic Brewing Company, which puts, it seems like every Every month they're putting out two or three new uh, experimental um, products, and then they'll spin some of those off as, as what they keep around. Uh, but they tend to be more seasonal, but it's just amazing what they're putting out. Um, and, and it was just, it's just been incredible. I, the, ma the market has gotten to the point now to where if you are a beer drinker and you want to try this, where you are a beer drinker and you want a non-alcoholic, there's going to be something out there that's going to scratch your itch from low calorie stuff, which I don't like at all. Uh, which is why you don't see a whole lot of that on my channel because I don't want to trash something that other people like. Um, and I just don't like it. Uh, I, I, if I'm going to drink beer, I want that full body flavor and you get that with calories. Uh, and it's just, so you'll tend to see more of that on my channel uh, than the low, the low calorie uh, versions of the stuff that's out there. But there's something to scratch every itch from, a, from a, you know, a, an American lager to a very deep, dark um, uh, Porter style beer to, the one I just reviewed and released today is a, a Dunkelweiss, which is a, a dark uh, wheat beer, a German style dark wheat beer. And so you just, there's just a wide variety of that. The other thing that surprised me was uh, the non-alcoholic spirit, which is a, you know, it's kind of a uh, weird to even say that because the spirit basically alludes to the fact that there's the, the alcohol in it. Um, and when I first started that, I was very, very skeptical uh, because there was very, very few Seedlip was out there, uh, and um, there, there were a couple of others that was just starting. And I kind of jumped into it a little bit and wasn't real impressed. But very quickly, you had Free Spirits Company, you had Monday, uh, you had uh, Liars that started producing and kicking stuff out, and just incredible replicas for non-alcoholic spirits. Now, you got to be, uh, I, I'm always very clear and try to be very honest with it. 
um, with the, the non-experience. spirits. Very few of those. If you were a neat whiskey drinker, you're not going to find something to scratch your itch. But if you liked Manhattan's or if you liked uh, old fashions, um, uh, there's there's a lot of uh, rums out there. There's a lot of tequilas out there. You like margaritas? I can make you a margarita that will probably convince you that it has alcohol in it um, because there's some really good stuff out there. But it's grown. When I started, it wasn't there. It's there now, and it's just getting better and better. And there's new companies coming out. Tennyson just put out um, something that they call it a, a black ginger, um, and it's it's not trying to replicate any known spirit. It's a new creation, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, what's there, the taste, a, What's the flavor profile on it? It's it's kind of a bitter. Uh, you know, so it's it's kind of um, uh, maybe a vermouth, uh, but it's really not. Uh, maybe a Amaro. It'd be probably the closest thing that you would find would be an Amaro. Uh, but it's it got a very orange forward flavor to it, but it's not sweet at all. Uh, it's got it's got the orange peel kind of, and it's great in mixed uh, drink. Actually, I'll sip it alone, but it's great in, in cocktails. You can just make some amazing stuff with it. Uh, the Pathfinder just came out, which was is an Amaro style. Uh, it's made with hemp, um, which may turn some people off that there's no CBD, there's no THC in it. Um, but it is a unique on its own, closer to an Amaro. Uh, I made a, uh, a black Manhattan with it, which is it's probably as close to the real thing as you're going to get. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, so there's just some really cool stuff. And the market just is evolving every single day. Uh, it's just amazing to me. Every time I turn around, there's either a new beer or a new spirit that's popping up. Yeah, I, I know that uh, I get the emails from Athletic, and I feel like they're, yep. I feel like they're releasing or re-releasing something new every week. Yep, at least, it's, and sometimes like, more than one. Yeah, and I'm very selective with what I pick from them because there's just so much stuff, and you know, I know the styles I like. So I, I'm, that's what's really weird is I pass on some of their stuff, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, it's just incredible the amount of stuff they're putting out, and all of it's really good. Uh, there's been a couple I didn't like, uh, but very few. Yeah, I know. I've tried the uh, seed lip. Uh, I forget which variety, the one that's more spiced, I think. Um, yeah. And, and basically, I've found that it's good for tossing into ginger beer or yep. um, or cranberry juice. And, right, and or ginger ale, a little. Yeah, a little Because little seed lip ginger. is such a light flavor. Ginger beer can overpower it. Ginger yeah, ale. Yeah, you almost need to. You, you need a really yeah. heavy pour in order for right. it to. Yes, you do, <laughs> and you do that with a, uh, most of the non-alcoholic spirits. You're gonna you're gonna put uh, more in there, uh, especially if you're using a mixer with it, like ginger beer. You're gonna you're gonna go heavier on the the non-alcoholic spirit than you would with an alcoholic spirit. So we've got a couple of uh, comments out there. Um, you know, someone has mentioned Rattler Zero. Um, have you have you done the Rattler? Uh, there's been a, not a Rattler brand. Uh, there's, there's the Rattler styles are out there. There's a couple of them. Um, there's a, there's a German Rattler. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, what brand it is. Uh, I've got it. It's a reviewed on the site. It, it's pretty good. The, the Rattlers at this point have tended to be a little too sweet for me. Um, I like, and, and, you know, if you like that, then it's there because there's some lemony sweet, Rattler style uh, non-alcoholics out there. Um, I liked mine to be a little more um, uh, puckery. You know, I, I wanted that lemon puck, you know, the, the, the more 
uh, tangy kind of stuff to it, and it's not there. Uh, I haven't found that yet. That, but uh, there's some amazing. Um, uh, oh crap! Um, the, the 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 styles of beers that are out there, the sours. I'm sorry, that's what I was looking for. There's some really good. If you like sours, there's some really good. There's a, there's a couple of Canadian companies that make some amazing sours, um, and then. Uh, uh, there, there's, they're all, and I've got several of them on the, the, that I've reviewed. But there's some good stuff out there. We've also got mention of, uh, and and I didn't know that this one even existed. Tangeray's NA Gin, which, um, would... which Tangeray was the first, the first alcohol that I I just constantly bought. I would go through, I, I lived in Florida. My mother had a lime tree in her backyard and I would just go through bottles of Tangeray with the fresh yep. limes picked from my mother's backyard. Um, so I didn't even realize they had an NA. Have you tried they that one? They do. Uh, now again, that's one you can only get in the UK. Uh, it's not available in the United States yet. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to roll it out in the United States because, you know, they obviously you can get the, the leaded version here very easily. Uh, but if they do, I will definitely, that's another one. Gordon's has a, uh, in a, a Gordon's gin, you know, which is another big gin manufacturer that's only available in the UK. Um, I haven't tried either one of those yet. And speaking of teams, the non-alcoholic gins tend to be some of the stuff that you're going to see more of. There's more of those than any of the other. And I think it's because the juniper is pretty easy to replicate. Um, and you know, the, the ones that are very juniper heavy, um, there's some really good ones out there. Uh, and then Free Spirit Company makes a gin that's that's more citrus based, which, you know, you've got those two styles of gin uh, and it does a very, very phenomenal job of the citrus based. Mundy does a great uh, juniper based gin. It's very heavy juniper. And then Liars has one that's kind of in between. Hmm. And then speaking of things that you can only get in the UK, um, and, and this one won't surprise you, the Guinness Zero. Uh have I, you heard I, any rumors yet on when they're bringing that to the, to the I U.S.? I know a guy. I got a guy that's in the distribution business, and he's he's keeping me informed. Right now, he does not have a date yet, but as soon as there's a date, I plan to to start uh, you know hitting about it on the on the channel. Uh, right now, they're according to him, they have not released. A, they don't have a release date. They were looking at late summer of this year. Is the last I heard. <laughs> Um, and so we'll see if that actually comes into fruition or not. You know, they had the, they had the, um, the quality control issues where they had to recall it in the UK. So they, they but they have now re-released re it in the UK uh, and you can get it, although it's kind of hard to find there because people snatch it up as fast as it's released. And and what I'm seeing in the comments here is that it's, it is tricky to find uh, partially because it's dry January. And yeah. last oh, yeah. week, um, we actually, I think it was last week, one of our audience members mentioned that, or a couple weeks ago, in dry, during dry January in the UK, they actually put their non-alcoholic beverages in a more front and center display so that people can right. find them more easily. <laughs> so um, You're starting to see a little of that in the U.S., but, you know, like if you go to Total Wine right now, they'll, they'll have an end cap that's dry January, but it's not nearly as – the U.K.'s about 10 years ahead of us. Uh, and um, Athletic even had a dry January party pack or something like yep. that that you could um, – yeah, they do. Uh, Free Spirits Company has one. Uh, Mundy has uh, has that as well. Um, there's there's a couple of companies that do that. But as far as the beer goes, I think 
athletics way ahead of the game. Um, you know, they athletic is probably the biggest and highest quality overall producer of non-alcoholic beers in the U.S. And then Liars um, is by far the, the widest range and consistent quality of non-alcoholic spirits. Uh, you know, and they're all out of Australia, but you can get you can get the entire expression in the U.S. and in the U.K. Uh, well, easy. Uh, our top four uh, viewer and, and market areas are U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. So I'm yep. sure I'm sure the Australians, when they watch the replay of this, will be um, yep. will be glad to hear some of that. Um, I've got a lot of folks in the Middle East that view. They can't get a hold of a lot of stuff. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, a lot of the Muslim company, uh, countries, there's, you know, alcohol's banned. Right. And so the alcoholics, there's a potential that they could make it, you know, make it into the market there because there's people that would love to, to drink the non-alcoholic stuff in, in some of those countries, um, you know, and they're, they're very interested in it, um, you know, and some of them are able to get a hold of it and some of them aren't. So as, as we continue to see an ever widening range of people, including people who are in recovery, people who for health reasons uh, either have to reduce or eliminate alcohol completely, people who are sober curious, and even people who still drink regular alcohol, they're all becoming NA enthusiasts. How do you see this impacting this already growing market? It's going to be interesting. Uh, and, I, and I pulled this up. You mentioned dry January. Uh, Whistlepig is one of the biggest producers of rye whiskey in the United States of America and one of the highest quality. Um, they put this out for dry January. It's a non-alcoholic rye whiskey. And it's made by one of the biggest producers of alcoholic rye whiskey. This I, is is one, we've been kind of waiting to see what happens. You know, you've seen in the beer market, you've seen Bud put out Bud Zero. You've seen uh, um, Bush puts out uh, the, the non-alcoholic Bush, Bush and A. Uh, so some of the major beer producers are doing it. They're not doing it on a mass scale, but they're starting. You're starting to see more and more of those. This is the first that I've seen so far, um, other than like the Gordons and the, um, the the gins over in the UK. In the US, this is the first US producer that I've seen that's put out an NA. Um, they kind of did it tongue in cheek. Um, they said they would continue selling it through January, but they've sold out at least twice so far. Um, I think it, I think it was much more popular than they ever anticipated. Their packaging is really funny. Um, they, they are donating the to bartender, uh, bartender association because bartenders are hitting dry January, you know, in, in the holidays, everybody's drinking all of a sudden in January, it's a, there's a big, it's a big dent. And it, what's interesting is the market is seeing a dent in January, which means their dry January is real in the United States now. Uh, and number two, you're seeing somebody like one of the premier um, rye whiskey producers put an NA out. So I, I think things are, it's not just going to be a continued explosion of new companies. I think it, you're going to start seeing some of the traditional companies potentially putting out non-alcoholic versions of their drinks. And do you think that that may increase or decrease the number of um rotating special small batch brews that come out they kind of come out and then you try them you love them you never see them again i think what you're going to find you know it's going to be just capitalism at its finest uh the companies that put out the best stuff are going to survive 
Um, and some of these, you know, there are people that won't drink Bush in a, if there's, that's the only thing they'll, they'll dry up and blow away before they'll, you know, before they'll drink that they'll drink water only. Um, those are the people that, that love the craft beer, the ABCs, the athletic burden companies, the, um, the, the, the Bravises, they are, they're looking, they are after a market of people that are, are not your Budweiser and Coors beer drinkers. They're your more craft beer drinkers that have now gone non-alcoholic. I think that the, the folks that are putting out the quality products are going to survive. Uh, but some of these other companies um, that, that aren't putting the attention into it, uh, they probably won't survive, which is unfortunate. Uh, but at the same time, if you're not putting out a high quality product, then, you know. Then you don't uh, deserve to survive. It's the way, it's the way it works. Uh, so what's the most obscure drink that you have reviewed? Probably there's a beer. Uh, I, I haven't even drawn a blank on the name. That's out of Poland that I found in Nashville, Tennessee. My brother lives in, in uh, Franklin and I found it in Nashville and we drank it and the filmed an episode. It's one of the early episodes. It was absolutely disgusting, um, but it was an IPA out of Poland um, that was really just bizarre. Um, there have been, there's, there's, um, there's a Canadian beer that I tried that was a, uh, lychee. It was really good. Huh. I never would have never thought of lychee in a beer, but it was a sour and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I would think that, that more for a cider or, or even yeah. as a kombucha flavor, but, yeah. um, it, I wouldn't it, think of that for, for beer. It, no, it was it was a really well done uh, lychee beer um, that that I was able to review out of Canada, and it, it's fantastic. Uh, so those are probably some of the more obscure from the from the spirits uh, side of things. Uh, Liars just put out their absinthe, which you know is kind of a, a an odd because absinthe by definition is typically a fifty to seventy percent alcohol spirit. It's amazing. It's it. You can make some really cool, non-alcoholic cocktails with it. I was surprised. I kept riding. They they always advertised as being available, and they weren't producing it for for almost a year after I started bugging them. And they finally put it out in the U.S. and it's become a big seller. Um, if you like that style uh, and like those types of drinks, um, I've got several episodes that I've done on my drink of the week that I do uh, that that uses that. Um, and it's kind of an unusual, you wouldn't expect to see that non-alcoholic. It's there and it's good. So before we started broadcasting, you and I were talking about different styles and preferences. Um, so it's this you'll find this comment uh, from our audience. Uh, somebody thinks very much like I do. Uh, she says, I don't think of Budweiser and Coors as beers. They're yep. loggers. <laughs> and, I, I've got... And it's funny because a lot of people, uh, you and I are in one of the same NA groups um, on Facebook where people will call loggers, quote unquote, real beers. Yeah. And it's, and, and I, know, it's, it's my it's, least favorite style. So why don't you talk a little bit about styles? Drink, there are people that will only drink the Buds and the Coors and you give them a dark beer and they're going to go, that's disgusting. I like, and there's people like my buddy, Robert Key, who's got his own Facebook page, uh, that, and he's been on a couple of episodes that that that's not beer to him. That, that, you know, that stuff is, is just disgusting. 
And beer to him is the high end uh, craft style beers, uh, Boulevard, uh, you know, those, the ones that put out the really unusual, unique, very crafty, very meticulous d- detail. That's what beer is to, to, to Robert Key. Um, he, again, he, he wouldn't drink Coors if he made him uh, and, uh, or Budweiser. But I got a buddy also that uh, I went to Alaska with that um, that's all he'll drink, you know, Bud Light and, uh, you know, Miller Light. That's it. That's all he's going to drink. And he will drink nothing else. So, you know, and that's what's cool is that the non-alcoholic beer market has got the point now to where if you're either one of those spectrums or somewhere in between, you're going to find something out there you like. It's it's not just the crap St. Pauli girl and, uh, uh, the, you know, the stuff that, that used to be around forever. It, it, right. I mean, I, I tried the, um, the Heineken Zero Zero. And the yeah. reason I don't buy it anymore is because it literally does taste exactly like a Heineken, it, and I really wasn't that big of a fan. It it was dead on to what I remember a Heineken it, tasting. You like. bet you. I I rated that I think a five, uh, either four and a half or a five. And I don't I don't drink it because I don't like that style of beer. But it is a dead on. If you are a Heineken drinker, go get some Heineken zero point zero because it is just dead on. So talk a little bit for for those who may only have like their preferred style in their mind. Uh, talk a little bit about the different styles that are available in the NA beer market. In the beer market, uh, you've got everything from the you've got Coors put one out. Coors is a I don't like Coors. I never liked Coors, but I rated that one extremely high because if you like Coors beer, their Coors NA is absolutely a dead-on replica. So you've got that style that's more the Budweiser, Coors, uh, Bush. Um, those are out there. You've got sours. We mentioned that earlier. If you're a sour drinker, there's several different companies that have put out some really nice sours. Um, Untitled Art has a couple, two or three. Untitled Art, you can get a hold of any of Untitled Art's beer. It's phenomenal if you like that style. There's also the porters, uh, the darker, really dark beers, uh, there's several good versions of that out there. Athletic Burn Company makes a couple of them. Um, there's also more like, uh, there's a couple of peanut butter stouts out there. Uh, and the stouts tend to have that, they you can get regular stouts, but there's a couple of them that are in the peanut butter stout world. I love that. The Nature Nut was, like, I, I went crazy for the Nature Nut. The Nature Nut was uh, phenomenal from Athletic. Phenomenal. Um, and if you like it style, which I do, I love it. Uh, it's like a meal in a glass. And I, I just absolutely love those dark, deep, really heavy. I was a Guinness drinker uh, when I drink. Uh, and uh, I love that style of beer. Um, so there's there's that out there. Um, there's also the wheat beers. Uh, there's several different, uh, whether you like the Belgian wheats or you like the German wheats. You know, if you like Blue Moon, I uh, just reviewed one. Sy- uh, Syria makes one that is just, that actually, it's because the guy that produces that was the brewmaster for Blue Moon. Oh. And so he he actually, the Syria product is a dead-on replica of Blue Moon. I can say that because I don't, you know, I'm not selling. I'll they have can't to check say that, that out. But, but I will tell you, if you liked Blue Moon, go get the Syria uh, product. I've reviewed it. You can kind of see what I, there's two different products uh, that Syria makes. Um, I'm trying to think which one it is. Uh, I think it's, I, don't, I think it's the Grain Wave. Uh, yeah. Because the indie wave is more of a uh, IPA. The grain wave uh, is is a dead on for Blue Moon. Um, 
there are several out there that make great um, wheat beers, German style wheat beers. And in fact, the, the, the episode I just released this morning is a Dunkelweiss, which is a dark wheat beer, German dark wheat beer. I love that style of beer. It's very hard to find. It is the closest thing to the real uh, Dunkelweiss that I've ever tasted. And it's absolutely, Athletic Brewing Company just released it and it's fantastic. So there's a wide range. If you, you know, depending on what you like, there's probably one out there. Uh, and I, and there's a chance I've reviewed at least one of that style on the, the channel. Now, uh, the one I was certain I was never going to find in an NA version, I got lucky and actually not one, but two manufacturers at least came out with one last year. And that's the pumpkin beer. There is. And I hate I, pumpkin anything. I love, so I love yeah. pumpkin beers. And I, I never thought I'd I'd find one that I could drink. Yep. And so when Wellbeing came out and yep. with theirs, I jumped on that. And that yep. was just a pumpkin pie in a can. Wellbeing's um, got a huge following. I, I personally love them. Um, yep. The ones that I've had, uh, which are pretty much the Hellraiser and the, um, yep. I, I think I might've tried their wheat, but any beer that I can get in a bottle, I'm going to yep. get that in a bottle as opposed to a can because I will too. in most yep. cases it eliminates that, um, that tin taste that can sometimes be in regular beer, but seem, and maybe you've noticed this as well. I feel like in NA beers, if there's going to be the tin taste, it is much more prevalent in NA beers. If you pick it, yeah. If you pick, if it's, if it's there, you're going to pick it up a lot stronger. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I'll do the same thing with Uh, both. The one style I didn't mention a minute ago that it's actually the most prevalent is IPA. If you like, if you like IPAs, there are there's such a wide variety of IPAs out there. It's just, it's nuts. Anyway, from the juicy IPAs to the, the double hopped to just the single hopped, uh, there are just, there are a massive amounts for every, not only if you're an IPA drinker, but if you're a specific style of IPA drinker, you're probably going to find it. Right. Because the, for instance, the Lagunitas IPNA uh, yep. And the Sam Adams, just the haze, are both IPAs, yep. but one's more of a traditional IPA flavor, yep. while the other one is more of a hazy, juicy, yep, uh, exactly. citrusy, yep. Yep. drink it after you've mowed the lawn yep. type of IPA. And the Lagunitas is interesting because it's like a classic early IPA. It's not super hop. It's hoppy. I mean, because any IPA is. But it's not, it's, it's a more tamed hop than... Then say some of the um, uh, there, there's a couple of uh, uh, athletic brewing company ones that are just I mean it's like grabbing a, a hop bud and sucking on it. Hi IBU. That I just don't like that. Um, I I understand it. I appreciate it. I know people love that. Um, that's one of the things I try to do on the channel too. If I don't like it, I'm not just going to go. This is disgusting. I'm going to explain to you what it tastes like. I'm going to tell you I don't like it. Uh, but I will tell you. There's a lot of stuff that I don't like that people love, and I try to explain what it tastes like, and they'll end up buying it based on you know seeing my review, simply because I, that's what I try to do. I don't want to. I want to be fair, um, you know. And there's some of it I think is just disgusting, and I can't find any redeeming values. And I'm going to say that um, I think Bud Zero is is horrible. It doesn't taste like Bud. It, it's it's for a massive producer, they did a horrible job with their non-alcoholic. And they should have done much better because they got a ton of money they could have put into it. And they could have done like Bush and ended up with, a, or like Coors, and ended up with beers that taste exactly like their, their flagship product. They didn't. 
Yeah, a lot of times myself, just because I know what my tastes are, I will find the reasons why someone else did not like something as a selling point for me to go try something. Exactly. That happened with the Santa exactly. Claus hauler. The the Santa Claus hauler, um, someone said, <laughs> you know, this is just really sweet and it tastes like cider and it's all cinnamony. And I'm like, I am on it. I ended up, I bought a six pack. I bought a six pack and it was so good that, you know, and when I bought it, it was the last six pack at Whole Foods. And when I went in the next time, they had two six packs sitting there and the little sign saying that they were only going to sell it through the end of December. And I'm like, I'm taking them both. I don't care. I'm like, for seven. That's a funny one. You know, you review that and you go, you know, if I'm reviewing this as a beer, it's not that good. I bought, I bought a couple six packs at both Christmases because it's just, it tastes like Christmas in a bottle. It ta- it's, it, for me, I, if, if I you, thought it was a mold cider type of, of it, exactly, taste. It's exactly what it tastes like. It's like a, it's like a chilled mold cider. And if you like that, and, and I, I would not drink that anytime other than between, <laughs> between Thanksgiving and New Year's, I'll drink it because it just kind of gets you in the spirit. Uh, but that's yeah. what it, it it's a niche uh, and it's but it's you know it fills it i almost and, brought a bottle like, to drink on air today <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my my sinuses my allergies were acting up this morning so i figured i'd stick with the water but um but no i i love it i've still got um I, i've still got two two of the six packs left well one and a half of the six packs left and uh i'm like okay well you know i got to I got to get through them before the shelf life goes. So that's that, which leads me to another question. Um, A lot of people I see make questions about the shelf life and how that affects non-alcoholic beers where full leaded alcohol beers may last a little longer. So that can affect buying decisions. So talk about that a little bit. I, 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 and I don't have anything, any scientific data to back this up, uh, but I'll, I, I will tell you, I have noticed um, that the taste and flavor is affected after about six months. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, alcohol is a preservative and, uh, and I think it does, even though beer is only 5% at most, usually, you know, some of them are seven, you know, some of them are less than, than five. Um, there's not a ton in there, but I think it does actually help uh, extend the shelf life. Um, I've had bottle, I've had cans of non-alcoholic beer that I've had sit back too long that have exploded. Um, and I don't know if they're going into some kind of fermentation cycle or what. Uh, that was that happened with some Bravis beers early on. Happened with a couple of ABC beers, um, and I think I've not seen that and, and happened to me in a while, and I've not heard of it happening. So they may have figured out what was going on there. Um, but I don't know if there's some impurities in there that the alcohol would normally just kill that didn't, you know, because there's no alcohol in it. Um, but it's, uh, I, I think there is a shelf life thing. Um, and I typically, if I'm not going to drink it six, six months, I'm going to give it away. And, uh, to somebody that will, I got, I got a kid down the road who quit drinking about a year and a half ago, uh, that loves it because he'll take whatever I don't use and I, I'll package it up and send it down to, to him. So. Let's go back to your channel, and I'm going to go ahead and flip over to the screen that has your playlists on it. So they'll be able to hear okay. us, but they won't see us here. Okay. Um, so with more than 200 reviews, you never thought you were going to get that many 
When did you decide you needed to start organizing these into playlists by style? I had a couple of people that, that asked me to do that. And I thought, well, that was just, you know, a stupid or not to do that all along <laughs> um, because it does, it does organize. Uh, you can also, you can search uh, YouTube. Um, you know, there's a little um, magnifying glass on the channel. And so you just search keyword. If you, you're looking for, if you're looking for a, a Hefeweizen or you're looking, um, you're looking for a specific beer, uh, you're looking for Bud Zero. Um, I did a review on that. Just type Bud Zero in there and it should pop up. But I try and I'm going to continue to try to add more um, of the playlists. Um, you know, as there's there's enough wheat beers where you'll see one there for wheat beers. There's uh, I need to do one for I, I don't remember if I did one for IPAs. I think I did uh, just recently because there's so many of them. Um, I there's one of the things people are very interested in non-alcoholic whiskey. So I've got that. Uh, one thing you're not, you're going to see a non-alcoholic wine in there, but you're not going to see very many reviews because uh, we haven't really talked about that, but um, there's just not, I haven't found, I haven't found any really decent non-alcoholic wines yet. I found a couple sparklings that I think are good, uh, but I, they're having a hard time uh, producing what I consider quality non-alcoholic wines. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of see that too, but I was never a huge wine drinker to begin with, with one exception. Yeah. The only wine I really ever enjoyed was basically German Rieslings. Yep. That was yep. it. I, because I, I love the sweetness. Yeah, I, I love wine. And I was a, I love the dark, dry, tannic reds. And so that's probably why I, I'm having a tough time. Finding it. And I, I can appreciate the others. Um, but uh, it's just the... To me, the non-alcoholic wine market is not quite there. Yeah, it, um, and and that's what our audience is saying as well. That um, you know, comment haven't found an NA wine I would drink more than once. Yep, I agree. It it, it tastes like tannic grape juice at best, uh, and you know that's that's the highest quality stuff I've found so far. And a lot of it just tastes like, well, <laughs> you know. You remove alcohol from wine, it's grape juice. Uh, so you got to figure, there's going to have to be some kind of breakthrough that can figure out how to add the quality that wine, that, that alcohol provides to, to, um, to wine. Um, because it's going to have to be added back in. You can't just strip the wine out like you can with beer. Right. And in flavor that, you know, cause there's, there's quite a bit more alcohol in wine. Um, you know, in the spirits world, what they're doing is they're getting chemical, they're, they're doing it with chemistry. They're replicating the flavors. They're not, you know, with the exception of uh, whistle, uh, the, the whistle pig, where they've actually stripped it out. In most cases, what they're doing is replicating. And they're using things like um, capsaicin or, or ginger extract to, to add the heat. Uh, they've not done that with wine. They've just stripped the alcohol out in most cases. And it's just, it's not. It's they, aged grape juice. They're going to have to figure out the additive back in. And it's not capsaicin. It's going to have to be something different that adds that mouthfeel and the experience that, that alcohol provides to wine um, that, that makes it not grape juice. Yeah. And as a person who has always loved stouts, I found that early on with some of the N.A. Yes. stouts because they were just dark water. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they had to, they had to figure out how to and, and they've done that through. You know, when you when you create a stout and strip the alcohol out of it, it's not very good. When you create a stout with a yeast that, that only ferments to one half percent alcohol or less, all of a sudden you're starting to get. And that's see, that's what's happening is you, you've got instead of stripping the alcohol out of beer, a lot of cases what they're doing is they're doing arrested fermentations where 
they're either using a, a, a yeast that doesn't ferment beyond the, the half of 1% or they're stopping the fermentation before it gets beyond one half of 1% alcohol. Um, and so those kind of techniques are tending to lend themselves to the much more tasty and, and delicious, uh, uh, deeper, darker beers. I think you can strip the alcohol from a lager and, and be okay. Uh, it's more of these craft beers where they're having to get really crafty. They're having to have, having to do some very creative things to get the taste profile where they want it to be. Well, if I recall, uh, that process of, uh, of just stopping the fermentation process and capping it, uh, that's even used in some of the full-on leaded beer um, breweries. For instance, I, I know Dogfish Head, for some of their extremely high ABV uh, yep. brews, they they actually cap the ABV at 18 percent and they had a um, i remember when i was still drinking alcohol reading about how they had determined that allowing the abv to rise above 18 percent did nothing to better the quality of the beer and so they wanted to just continue to be reasonable because really at that point they had they had brewed beers that were liqueurs yeah a couple things legally above 18 percent, you have to market it and sell it differently and uh, and number two, um, it stops tasting like beer and starts tasting like a, a liqueur or a or a, a spirit at that point. Um, and so, yeah, they, they you'll find the arrested fermentations there because some of these, you know, if you got a yeast that's going to go beyond about 12 percent, a lot of times it's going to go way beyond 12 percent. And so you got you've got to do the creative things like arrested fermentation. And I think because they did that in, in the in the high end world, in the high alcohol world. They were able to figure out how to do that effectively because some of the early arrested fermentation uh, non-alcoholic beers were disgusting because they tasted like yeast uh, because you had a ton of yeast left that didn't ferment and they didn't figure out how to get that taste out of there. So some of those early arrested fermentation non-alcoholic beers were disgusting. Was uh, that they, the N.A. Funk that uh, people uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> talk what about? Yep. And so now they've got they've what they've done is they figured out how to create some yeasts that don't want to go beyond much beyond one, 2%. And they're able to rest those back below 5% or half of 1%. And so you don't end up with a ton of extra yeast. And they figured out how to remove that yeast. And because you can remove the yeast and still have the yeast flavor. Um, you know, it, it just, it happens. And so they figured out how to do it. And so, you know, you're just seeing more and more creativity in the market. And that's what's creating the higher quality, non-alcoholic beers. And um, so one of the big questions, and this I'm I'm pulling one that isn't even on my list today. Um, one of the big questions I always see is, well, how come it costs so much more when there's no alcohol in it? Shouldn't you pay more for more alcohol? Um, <laughs> well, just because it doesn't have that particular component in it doesn't mean that it didn't. Uh, it, it's all in cost. Uh, beer, alcoholic beer, because they produce so much of it. You know, the more you produce, the cheaper it is. Uh, it just typically is. You know, non-alcoholic beers usually small production, um, with the exception of Athletic Brewing, which now is actually massively producing. Uh, but Athletic Brewing is constantly putting money back into the system. Uh, and and so they're not making a ton of money uh, because they're building more breweries or they're, they're creating more um, 
flavors or they're refining their flavors like we were just discussing, figuring out new ways to, to, to create the beer to get a higher quality taste. So yeah, it, it does cost a lot more. It's just like the cost of a craft beer. You go get, go get an untitled art alcoholic beer. They're $18 a four pack. And so when you look at $15 a four pack for a non-alcoholic, it's actually cheaper. Uh, and so some of these craft beer places, if you go compare non-alcoholic beers to craft beer, all of a sudden they're not as expensive as you thought they were. True. And it's just, you know, same concept. <laughs> yeah, I I know that uh, some some seem to be a lot higher and some seem to be quite reasonable. I know I was thrilled when I found the six-pack of the Santa Claus taller for only seven fifty. But I you got to understand. I was thrilled. Yeah. Klaus Toller has been around since 1978. So they their production costs aren't nearly as high because they've got an established product. they got an established product line. they got established recipes. So they're not putting in, you know, they don't have a big wide range of products that they put out. And so they're able to keep the cost low. So therefore, uh, their cost is low. So therefore, the cost of the consumer is low. Because that, that beer has been around longer than almost any, if any, beer that's on the market right now. Hmm. It was produced back in the late 70s in Germany. Um, and it's been it's it's been a quality product for decades. So how, how many different countries are represented um, in your review list? In mine, let's see, Poland is an outlier. That's I've done one. I've done primarily uh, Canadian uh, U.S. and German uh, beers. When you look at the beer market, um, I've got a U.K. beer I'm getting ready to, to roll out here in the next couple of weeks um, that actually is made by the same producer that does Mockingbird uh, Agave, which is a, a tequila spirit alternative out of the U.K. Um, so I've got that one. Those are probably the primary. I've done a couple of Belgian um, and a Swedish beer. Uh, there's a lot more that if I could get a hold of, you know, that's created over in, in Europe that I just can't get. But those are the ones I've done. From a spirit standpoint, Australia primarily, because that's liars. Um, and then a bunch of the U.S. producers and a couple of U.K. producers. Um, and that's what I can get my hands on right now. There's a ton of U.K. spirits that I would love, or just European spirits, non-alcoholic spirits. I'd love to try, but I just can't get a hold of them. And... Um... So let's let's talk about the one one thing we haven't yet is the debate. So many people debate whether or not people in recovery can or should drink NA beverages. Uh, you know, it's 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 got to be a personal decision. Um, you know, in my mind, there's a bunch of different ways to to go through recovery. There's AA. There's uh, you can go to, to psychologists. Uh, there's you guys' method. Uh, there's there's a bunch of different ways to quit drinking. Um, in the end, you got to decide to quit drinking, though. And so it's a personal decision. And I think um, it, it, drinking non-alcoholic beverages is also a personal decision. I think it's one that you've got to make. Uh, I have a hard time with some of the hardcore AA people that come in and and are just so adamantly about you can never drink a non-alcoholic beer. Well. I drink a ton of non-alcoholic stuff and I haven't drank an alcoholic beverage in almost seven years. And I've been doing this. I drink a ton of non-alcoholic stuff because of my channel. Not once have I drank any of that and gone, Oh, I want to go drink. Um, I, not once. 
That's me. Uh, now, am I saying that everybody uh, would be okay drinking non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic spirits or non-alcoholic wine? I can't say that because, again, it's a personal journey. It's somebody you've got to you got to get to the point to where you have truly decided not to drink and you're not drinking. Uh, and then at that point, I have a hard time figuring out how it's going to trigger you. Because if you truly decided you're not going to drink anymore and you've made that decision and you've truly made that lifestyle change, then drinking non-alcoholic beer, non-alcoholic beer is like drinking uh, a Dr. Pepper. I mean, it's just another non-alcoholic beverage. And, and, you know, the whole idea of, well, it's got alcohol in it. Well, so does a banana. So does orange uh, juice. A hamburger bun, most hamburger buns are anywhere from 1% to 1.2% ABV. So, you know, don't give me that crap. I'm not buying it. Um, it's, it's, again, it's a psychological thing. It's a, does that, do, is it going to trigger you? And if it does, you're going to have to, I, I question why it triggered you. Um, but again, that's not me. Um, I, I, I'm dealing with it my way. Um, but the fact that it has less than one half percent alcohol in it, that, that argument is garbage. Uh, because your body actually processes it faster than you can drink it. Um, and so that's not the issue. Uh, the fact that it has less than one half of 1% alcohol in it is not what's triggering. It's got to be something else. Um, and, you know, is it, is it, a, it reminds me of something that makes me want to go drink it. Is it close enough to the real thing where it makes you want to go drink the real thing? And then you got to question why you'd want to do that. Cause I can drink the non-alcoholic tastes like the real thing, not get drunk and not have a freaking hangover. That's what's, that's what's incredible. I can start drinking at 10 AM drink all day long. And I don't get drunk and I don't have a headache tomorrow. Right. You know, and uh, with the Sinclair method, it's, um, you know, most people start out at moderation and they gradually reduce their drinking. We encourage people, if you're really having to deal with habits and stuff, try to work in non-alcoholic drinks in between your fulleted sure. ones because that reduces yep. your overall consumption. Um, we have a lot of people who... I like to call it, they go accidentally sober. They've, they've not, like their entire point of starting this treatment method is to reduce the cravings, to, re, to regain the ability to drink moderately. Yeah. And they'll get down to the point where they're drinking once a month and then it's once every couple months and then it's, why am I even doing this? Yeah. And non-alcoholic drinks are a great way to still enjoy the social benefits of cracking one open yeah. while not having the physical and emotional and potentially traumatic events from being um, intoxicated. Right. You know, I think it's great. Uh, you know, uh, Kentucky 74, the spiritless, they market theirs as drink it as a non-alcoholic beverage, or you can cut the, the amount of alcohol by doing 50-50. Ooh. Put a shot of Jack Daniels, a shot of uh, a Kentucky 74 in your drink. I, yeah, I think that's great. I think if people, I, I wish I could drink alcohol. I can't. Okay. And people that can, that's fantastic. But if they want to start drinking less, this is a great way to do it. I think this is a great way to augment. I actually, I happen to know that a couple of manufacturers of non-alcoholic spirits still drink. They drink less, uh, but they still, and that's great. That's not, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm not, I am not going to be on a crusade to go, you need to just drink non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, my family, I'm the only one that doesn't drink. I mix, I, in this bar that I'm sitting at, I've got alcoholic uh, spirits in here. I drink mixed, I drink mixed drinks for my wife almost every night. 
I drink, I make her a mixed drink. I make me a mixed drink. Hers has alcohol in it. Mine doesn't. That's just our lifestyle. That's the way we do it. Um, but I think this, the, the, the variety and quality of products that are in the beer and spirits market now, not alcoholic, provide that capability for you to be able to enjoy reducing the amount of alcohol intake that you do. Um, it wasn't quite there before. I believe over the last two years, it's got there and it's just getting better every single day. So if you want to reduce and still have a cocktail or still have a beer, you can do that and reduce or completely eliminate your alcohol intake and, uh, and still enjoy it and still have quality products and quality. And that's what that my channels really be, become is, can I provide you a review of something so that you can see that there is stuff out there that you can enjoy? So uh, I didn't two, think that's what it was going to be, but that's where it's at. So we're, we're almost out of time. So two final quick questions. One, okay. do you take requests? Sure. Okay. Uh, if, I, if I do, uh, and I've done that several times. I've had people go, hey, can you try this and review it? If I can get a hold of it, I will review it. And two, and this this is something I'm, I can't believe I didn't uh, put on my own list, but comes from the audience. Um, it's a comment. It says, I found it strange that when I bought the Tangeray Gin um, the NA gin in the self-servile in the supermarket, I had to have an assistant come over and clear it the same way as it was alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I know that here in the U.S., for instance, Total Wine, um, they do the same thing. You have to still show. Um, uh, yep. So is is that's just basically, at least here in the U.S., because all of those laws are regulated by at a state level, that's just it's going to vary. It's just, yeah, the laws have caught up with the, the explosion in the non-alcoholic market. Um, even though non-alcoholic is a legal term, non a non-alcoholic beverage is actually, in the United States anyway, it's a legal term. It means that that product has to have less than one half of 1% alcohol. Now, I can have point, you know, 0.049, but it's a legal term. But the, the funny thing is they haven't really caught up with, okay, if it's non-alcoholic, my 12-year-old should be able to buy it. Well, but it says beer on it. So it's kind of a cultural thing, and those laws just haven't caught up yet. Yeah, you're going to be carded most of the time when you buy a non-alcoholic six-pack of beer. Uh, you go to, go to your grocery store and buy one, they're probably going to ask for your ID. It's just... Uh, you, yeah, just and someone says that and in the Netherlands, it didn't happen. Um, that's cool. So, and, you know, and I think Europe is about five or six years ahead of us in the non-alcoholic market, all of Europe, uh, in, in the amount of products they have in their, their, uh, dry January, uh, celebrate all of that stuff is about five or six years ahead of where the United States currently is. All right. Well, we are out of time audience. You guys have been wonderful as always. Thank you for spending the last hour here with us. Are you guys excited to try any new NA beverages? Uh, if so, go ahead and put that in the comments. And please join me in thanking our wonderful guest, Brian Anderson. This um, is fun. Thank you for me. So, audience, go ahead and fill the chat area with some gratitude. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun today. If you came in late or if you want to share or watch the stream again, we're going to have today's video up on our website, YouTube, Vimeo, Anchor, and Spotify, hopefully all by the end of the day. And as soon as we're able to, we'll add the transcripts and closed captioning as well. Next week, 
We're going to be joined by Claudia Christian, and we are going to be discussing how to support a loved one who is on the Sinclair Method. So if you're supporting someone's TSM journey, please make sure you watch next week. And if you're on TSM and you're wondering how to get your spouse, significant other, or family member on board, please encourage them to tune in next Friday. If you've found value in this broadcast, we hope you'll hit the donate button in our profile or head to our website and make a donation at c3foundation.org donate. You can follow our channel and get broadcast alerts and you can subscribe to our channel to go ad free and get some bonus emoji to use in the chat. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can subscribe for free and you can also do all the standard Twitch stuff like Send gift subscriptions to other viewers, cheer, drop bits, host our channel, all of it. If you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic for a future broadcast, we've got a link to a Google form that's been dropping in the chat and is also on the main schedule. Oh, it just literally popped up as I was saying that. Um, and it's on the main schedule page on our website. If you're on the Sinclair Method, you're looking for more peer support, or if you just want to join the C3 Foundation community, we've got you covered with groups on Facebook, Discord, and our Option Save Lives forum. So that is it for today, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Be gentle with yourself and with others. And I will see you again right here next week on Twitch at noon Eastern. Bye, everybody. You've been watching the Options Save Lives weekly live stream, hosted by Executive Director Jenny Williamson and produced by the C3 Foundation with the support of R Street Institute and other generous supporters. For more information about the C3 Foundation or the Sinclair Method, visit our website at c3foundation.org. If you have a question you want answered live on air, to make guest suggestions, or to support the show, let us know. You can reach us through our website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or on Discord. Join us each week as we continue to discuss more ways to help you build a better relationship with alcohol or to eliminate it completely. Because recovery from alcohol use disorder is not a one-size-fits-all process. Options are available. And options save lives.